Good evening, Patriots. Let's do a quick sound check. Is that better? Everybody hear me? Okay, there we go. <clears throat> All right. So I was out before the show. Oh, I guess I should say it. It's end of Tuesday, July 11th, 2023. And for those that aren't in the live, you will have You'll have to appreciate that we just had to restart this show from start because of some strange demons that had infected the mic. But we're back. So as I was out picking apples before the show, I started to think a lot about what we haven't talked a lot about lately, which is really our county-by-county model. And I want to dig into a little bit of that tonight and kind of run with that. But before we begin... I want to point out air quality because that is a great thing to be concerned about, especially when you have a great product like EK Pure. EK Pure is an air purifier that's made in the United States. It uses a hospital-grade HEPA filter as well as a mineral filter. And it's the unit that was selected by the Department of Defense to purify the air on the Navy ships. Now, this purification system has the ability to filter out viruses, allergens, chemicals, and odors. And it really makes a difference in your home and your air quality. And that's what we breathe, and that's what, in part, what keeps us healthy or not. So I really am a big fan of this unit. They're small, relatively speaking. They're really well-built, attractive, easy to use. They run quietly. One's running right now, and it's only about three feet from me. And they just do a fantastic job of purifying the air. So if you head on over to ekpure.com, ekpure.com, check it out. It's a great quality product. Use your BARDS code, B-A-R-D-S, and that'll give you a 10% discount plus a free, free air quality monitor. And you can definitely see the difference when you test your air. It's it's massive difference. So, again, great product, something you want to have in your home, 100% American-made and it's uh, something that I had not valued until I started using it, and now I do. And I'm my consideration now is, like, where, how many more am I going to add? Because they're definitely worth the investment. So, again, ekpure.com, ekpure.com, promo code BARDS, 10% off, and a free air quality monitor. You definitely will want to take advantage of that. Okay. The county-by-county county model is something that we started on about three years ago. And central to that was food sovereignty. And I was just reflecting today and just looking at this whole model, which is pillar one is home churches, pillar two is homeschooling, pillar three is patriot gardens, which represents moving ourselves towards food sovereignty or becoming totally food self-sufficient. Pillar four was right work, which was working with the gifts and talents that God gave us to build a way of living that we would be dependent on his gifts and talents, not on the nonsense of corporate and of the corporate yoke or the government yoke. Pillar five was health and wellness, which is effectively taking charge and responsibility of our health. And that comes through the authorities given to us in the true healing sense of what God gives us. It also means using the herbs and plants that God gave us in the world to keep ourselves healthy and then becoming educated on certain health issues so that we can deal with sort of traumatic sort of things, right? And then there's informed action, 
which is pillar number six, which is to know what's going on in your county, in your community, as well as just staying informed on so many levels. The informed action is truly about being engaged in the community, engaged in our life, and pursuing knowledge. So that also included building knowledge libraries. And then there is the final aspect, which is stewardship and conservation, which we can put a lot of things in that, which would include how we manage the resources we have and in terms of like if we're going to create an alternative currency, how we do that in in a way that stewards what God gives us. All of those things we've been talking about for about three years. And it's really a foundation that we look here and we, I think what it, for me, as I was reflecting on today, it really shows just how great God truly is. We knew things were going to get difficult. I don't think any of us ever imagined the level of global insanity that would sink in to where we are today. And I think that's a fair statement. We, we literally have walked into a level of global stupidity and demonic craziness that is pretty much beyond what most of us would have anticipated. And I, I consider myself pretty forward in thinking on a lot of this, but I can tell you, this, like this transgender thing and going after the kids in the open, didn't expect that one. We're in it now. We've got to deal with it. But it wasn't something that was tight on my radar. But again, we're, we're really kind of living through right now this period of Romans 1, 18 to 32, which I'm going to read here in a minute. And it's a time that we've been given the warnings by Father God three years ago of where we need to be. And if, and if we were praying into it and listening, everybody should be in a fairly good position right now, at least far better than you were. I don't think we can ever be fully prepared. I don't think that's possible. But I do think that we can be in a much better position And the more that we go down this path, the more that we learn about our world, the more that we learn about our environments, and we get back to basics and take the ancient paths, which is Jeremiah 6.16, seek those ancient paths. The more that we come back to some very fundamentals, which from the standpoint of the communications here and the messages that Father has laid on our hearts to have and hear, that's three years going. And that's where I was sitting reflecting today of where we are in the station of, our, of this time and place and realizing that we had been given an amazing insight, some would call it prophetic, as to where we needed to be in order to prepare for what was coming. Very much in the sense of like Joseph, but in a much more diverse range of things than just food. So let's, let's review here for a minute a, a passage we haven't gone over for a while, and it's Romans 1, 18 to 32, as I mentioned previously. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in all things that have been made. So they are without excuse, for although they knew God, 
They did not honor him as God or gave or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. I want to stop there. That is a profound passage to me. Every time I read it, something else jumps out at me. And it really is true if we go to the higher levels of this power echelon in the world, these people truly know who God is. They know who Jesus is. And they understand very clearly what's at stake allowing us to continue to believe in him. And they understand very clearly that we have the authorities. So the entire system that we've accepted And some of this comes about from convenience, which I've always said convenience is the destruction of humanity. To a certain degree, perhaps we didn't know better, but we we lost the challenge to question. And this is a particular issue, especially with Christian community, that had become an obedient mass. And the obedience wasn't to God. The obedience was to what the pastor was telling people to do. Much different. And even today, that persists. And that gets under the skin of people that are doctrinists. And so say like, well, you can't do that. It's like, yes, we can, in fact. It doesn't mean don't walk with God. That's the goal, is to walk purely with him and be obedient to him, with him, and through him. But the challenge to getting there sometimes means that we have to ask the hard questions. We have to look at Scripture and ask God, what do you mean by this? What does this mean? Why should I do this? And there's a hesitation to try to take those things to the throne. Because if you're doing it with, a, with an intentioned heart to try to be closer to him, there's not a greater thing, I think, for a father to receive than to receive the questions of his children who want to grow closer to him but don't understand, but also are trying to make their way in a very difficult world. And so what we end up with is a situation where the, those in power, we'll call them the super elites, that are kind of the puppet masters of all of this, They've known very well what the reality of this world is. They've known that the Bible is real. They've known that that Jesus is real. They've known that we have the authorities given to us by God. And they've defiled him and defied him. And in so doing, try to deceive his children so that we would not know what to do. And unfortunately, on a large scale, and even all of us to a certain degree at one point in our lives or another, we walked that path of denial. And that's where we have such a great responsibility now to walk deeper with him because truly the sons and daughters are the most high and it's time for them to awaken and step into this world and claim the authorities. So I'm going to continue with Romans. Therefore, God gave them up in lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie about a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. I want to stop there. Lusts, lusts. I don't think there's a more destructive tool in the enemy's arsenal than to spur and, and ignite the lusts of the hearts of men and women. We look across the spectrum right now at what is going on with children. And at the core of this is a rotting soul that's seeking the lusts of sex, the lusts of the physical flesh. And when it's left unrestrained and has no bounds to reel it in, in any capacity, I mean, there isn't even a hesitation to them of, of a moral base to this. 
We end up running amok in the world and we watch what happens. And unfortunately, because we have been so conditioned as a world to place ourselves deep within the, the dead stone walls, the temples, people don't look outwardly enough. Sad but true. And we become accustomed to locking ourselves in. I, I've shared this with you, and it's very true. If you look at many of the cities, in particular Portland, where they had so much infestation with the Antifa, the BLM, etc., what did the churches do to a large degree? Now, there are great pastors that were out on the ground and and prophesizing and praying and doing intercessor prayer and doing deliverance. All those things were happening. But on the large scale, most of the churches closed their doors, brought their congregations inside, made everybody feel safe within the dead stone walls, and prayed. That's not the way we win this, and we know this. So I'll continue. For, the reason, for this reason, God gave them up to, to dishonorable passions. For their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another, men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty of their heir. I'm going to get a little, uh, this is probably going to be a little dicey for some folks, but I'm just going to jump right into this. Because that last piece there says something really profound. And what I want to talk about here real quickly, it relates to the idea of a man giving or putting himself inside of a woman and creating a baby. I'm going to be delicate for a sense of family, but I think we all follow this. It's an interesting thing I came across the other day, and, it, and it, the, what I can understand, this verification is true, that when it, we'll start with animals. When an animal is inseminated by, let's say, a cow with a bull, a cow, it will... It's a, it's a heifer with a bull. That semen of the bull goes into the heifer, and it will always be part of that cow forever. And that's a profound realization because that means that young women that are having sex randomly, the first person they have sex with is going to be part of her forever. And that gets to a really strange thing when you start thinking of someone who has had multiple sex partners and then you have a child, that child then has something of him or her from the first encounter. When I read this and I read of men who are consumed with passion for another man committing shameless acts of, with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty of their heir, that's fairly clear what they're talking about. And this is a horrific thought in the sense of that sexual act. But what's more important is something is said there that we don't necessarily understand. But there is a true penalty of the air of the type of male-on-male -male sex. And I don't know what that leads to. I don't know the answer to that other than there is an interesting science, which you may not know. But it is proven that when you have men having sex with one another, one of them will become increasingly more female in nature because what they receive as the due penalty of air within themselves promotes the growth 
or the expansion of estrogen in their body. These are things that I say many times. The Bible gives us everything. We just have to be willing to look into the text and see what it's saying. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do out to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetedness, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips, slanders, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. So there's this whole concept that those that are empowering, those that are defying God are then encouraging and empowering others to be the same. And that's where we are right now, to a large degree. So our world outside is literally just kind of shredding around and falling apart. And all of this is creating the structural chaos that's around us, around this world, at least in many pockets around the world. And the consequences of that are a world that is beginning to collapse. Structural things like supply chains and the functionings of daily life. There are shortages in labor in critical capacities and positions. And little by little, these things are starting to wind down as those in power are rapidly trying to replace humans with artificial intelligence and robotics. All of this is a natural consequence, in my opinion, of Romans 18 to 31, 18 to 32, because God has turned man over to his debased mind. And we're seeing it happen. We're seeing this continued rise of this. And it's like an, it's the pandemic of pandemics because it's a pandemic of moral morality and faith and it's falling apart. And so as I'm kind of reflecting on all of this today, and we knew that this was coming, but to see the magnitude of this passage really live out before our very eyes, something that we could not have foreseen, and we've been here, we could not have foreseen it three years ago. We could see that, that they were headed that way, and we've read this passage here many times. But to really see the full bloom of this, we are in the heat of it right now. And then at the same time, I reflect back three years ago, like I say, on this structure, the seven steps of seven pillars of county by county that God gave us. And it's really quite amazing because everything around that, starting with home churches, is about putting God first. And it's almost as if to put a, a holy shield around our lives in everything that we do and everything that we believe. Now, Real quick, Patriots, one thing to keep in mind in this period of time is that we are dealing with some psychopaths in this world that do want to destroy everything, and that's kind of what we're alluding to tonight anyway. And they're out of control, and not knowing what their next game plan is and part of preparing for things and truly being informed and taking wise action accordingly is to also prepare to protect those things that are electronically driven, like your car with its electronic brains, like your radio base station, if you have a ham radio station, like your computers, the power in your house, and as well as your RV or even your, or your standalone generator. These sorts of things 
can be protected and they can be protected with what I consider to be the best device in the market, which is an EMP shield. So if you go to EMPshield.com, EMPshield.com, these are fantastic products that have been developed and tested in some of in the best labs in the nation, up to DHS and DOD standards. And they will, they will deal with or handle everything from an EMP level one, two, or three, as well as lightning strikes and solar flares, which is like up to 228,000 amps. And the lightning strikes even give you a guarantee of a $25,000 insurance policy. So all of this stuff can be protected and should be because we really don't know in this unstable time. So if you head over to EMPShield.com, EMPShield.com, and you use your promo code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, you're going to get $50 off free shipping, $50 off plus free shipping, and then you will get an additional 10% off right now on the site-wide sale that they're having, which they call Freedom Sale. So you get 10% off, and then you use your BARDS promo code, you're going to get $50 off, and then you're going to get free shipping. Great products. I have them on the ATV. I have them on my Jeep. My dad has them on his cars. We have them on the house. And we're adding them here or there. They're a very cost-effective insurance policy for an uncertain time. So, again, EMPShield.com, EMPShield.com, promo code BARDS for $50 off. So all this kind of, for me, came down to a reflection this evening in the garden as I was kind of going through and looking at things and just reflecting on how crazy our world is. We've been talking about out of out of necessity and by this direction we're kind of drifting towards increasingly, which is the focus on one of the most criminal acts in human history, which is this mass scale of child sex trafficking and child sexual abuse. Now, there's, I want to just touch on something here real quickly as a sidebar on this, but it's important. There's a lot of scuttlebutt coming out against Jim Caviezel and Tim Ballard. And there's people that are pointing out who funded the film and they're looking at where Tim Ballard has spent, he had $30 million raised for him and they, they don't have any accountability. And you haven't heard me talk about any of that. There's people now asking the question of like, why would you spend $7 on a film for stuff we've been talking about for years? And the answers to me are, are not what these people are saying. And, I, and at this point in time, what we're seeing is typical kind of the human chaos that comes out of these events. There's people that are, quite frankly, butthurt because suddenly the things that they've been saying as quote-unquote conspiracy theorists haven't been listened to, and we're at this point now where suddenly a film that touches just a touch of the whole problem, everybody's focused on an awakening to. That's God's way, not their way. And every time I hear the critics of this, I, I really want to say, hey, look, remember that God can use good for bad, and he's and whatever that is, it's there. If there's anything to that, and it's something to look at the greater effect of the film and what it's talking about. So as an example of that, I find it interesting always that when something gets big like this, suddenly everybody starts to dig like never before. I guarantee you, if I had a film that I did that got big like this event here, People would dig on me, and I could already tell you, because it's already happened, I could tell you the things that they would pick out on me. They would say, oh, look at this. He worked for Orbis Operations. And then they would get the wrong one, because the one they would look at is housed out of England and not the one I worked at in the United States. They're not related. But they would say, he's, he's a CIA operative, 
which I was not. I worked for a CIA team, but I was attached to a special operations group under Scott Miller. Then they would look at things like what happened to me in August of 2017, where they threw me in jail, and they would start to suggest that I was a criminal and a grifter. And they would do everything they could, and these would be normal patriots because there is a piousness that settles into people that is somehow God is supposed to protect or select only the perfect, but that doesn't work biblically. And it's part of the life that God allows us to walk that gives us the richness and love in him, and when we, especially when we get knocked flat on our face. So I say all this as I'm kind of transitioning here, just to keep a cautious eye on a lot of the pundits that are out here throwing stones at Sound of Freedom, throwing stones at Jim Caviezel, throwing stones at Tim Ballard. I'm not digging into that. I'm just avoiding the whole thing intentionally. Because what I know is that film is touching people in a magnificent way and opening their hearts to the most impassioned and important piece of our time, which is the children. And so let's just say for the sake of talking that this film was all designed to raise money in a massive way for more child sex trafficking operations through nonprofits, which is essentially what they're trying to say at this point in time without saying it. Well, okay, that's fine. Then I would have to say one of two things. If that's the case, to do that sort of work, you have to be a deranged psychopath meaning like to enjoy, to think that you're going to use the story of children in a favorable way and then turn around and use the money in a dark way, you would have to be more than a deranged psychopath. And I don't see that in Jim Caviezel, and I don't see that in Tim Ballard. In fact, the discussion that was had recently was a great comment that in order to do this work, you will know whether you are anchored in the Holy Spirit, because if you're not, it will crush you. And I agree with that. So I think there's a little bit of unreason going on out here, and it doesn't matter anyway because God's using it to wake up one, to the world to one of the most important issues in human history, which is the magnitude of what we're dealing with with child sex trafficking. And I don't believe that what we're seeing with that is nearly, it's not even the tip of the iceberg. I think that what Sound of Freedom is doing is just opening people's hearts up to be ready for the horrors that we're about to learn increasingly about the depths and what this involves. I mean, you, we heard tonight in the previous hour this whole discussion by Sheriff Judd. And if you listen to those details, that is some of the sickest crap I've ever heard to where they literally had a three-week-old baby with its hands bound behind its back in preparation for sexual exploitation. That's what we're dealing with, okay? So however we get people to the point of being able to start realizing the magnitude of the problem, thank you, Lord, I'm all in. So with all this heaviness that we're talking about and a, a world that's literally gone amok and a world that is literally walking in Romans 1, 18 to 32, and just had to give some thought to this tonight as I was out there And just in enjoying for a moment taking the fruit off a tree. Ironically, it's it's an apple tree, but we're not going to go down that path tonight. Because, yes, I did take a bite out of the apple, just so we're clear. Okay. But truly, it's God's fruit. And as I sit in the garden, and our garden is doing beautiful this year, and it, it was, it's been a three-year process of building up the soil 
and reclaiming a space which I consider kingdom ground. In fact, I, it, the great thing is that when I've told you, I've, I've bought the house here for my parents. And what's really awesome is my parents came to me one day and they said, look, we have one request. I said, name it. They said, we want to see you place this property under the umbrella of what you're doing so that it will never again be sold and your dream will continue on long past you. And I said, that is an easy request, of course. And so a lot of what we've done in this backyard, as we have worked to revitalize the land and we've worked together on it, and it's built a beautiful garden that is really prosperous. It's really doing well this year. Good bounties on everything. And it's a big chunk of where God told us to go three years ago. Pillar number three, Patriot Gardens. So why? what's with this apple tree? It's an old tree. It's a tree that has an apple that you don't find anymore. It's imperfect for the types of way we eat apple. And yet my grandmother knew about the apple and loved it. She used it for apple pies and applesauce. And I'd ordered an apple press this year. I was going to do apple juice. And I ordered it from Lehman's. But it's not going to arrive until August because little did I know that they only produce them one for a delivery one time a year. And it's a great apple press, but so that was like, okay, so I'm not going to be able to use the apples this year. And I just kept thinking about my grandmother in a life that was simpler and more connected. And as I'm sitting here looking at it, I'm thinking about stewardship and conservation. And I, we have some apples that are starting to fall off the tree. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Why are we letting these apples fall? I've been struggling with this in the last, because they're not many, but they're still, they're, they're starting to come ripe and fall. And I'm like, why am I sitting here not doing something with these apples? And I'm reflecting just again on the way in which our life has progressed over time, how we shape, how we've been shaped by this ruling elite to make us think in terms of linear or binary solutions, how we look at where we are and we define things now because they've defined it for us. And we all have these little snags in our life that are still there. And it's really part of what I would call a reprobate mind because we have not listened to God and instead we've allowed them to dictate to us. And unless we take the step across to really embrace what God wants us to do, we are therefore lost in the chaos, not necessarily in the, in the way of God rejecting us, but we're allowing ourselves to be consumed in with this nonsense of Romans 118 to 32. As people are living in this world of just absolute chaos and stepping away from the bounty of what God gives us, we're embracing a different way of life that isn't of God. And so I had to take a step back and I was like, okay, this is dumb because this is, and I was tasting some of the apples. I just got a new apple picker. It's a hand picker. It's, it's a toy. I could do them, I could get up on a ladder, but instead of getting up on a ladder, I can do it with an extension pole now. And I was playing around with the, playing around with it and tasting the apples, and they're great right now. If It's a tart apple. 
its texture is not it's not an apple that you put in the refrigerator and grab one and you get this hard crunch. I like a hard crunchy apple if I'm going to eat one. But this apple makes great applesauce. And I just find this exercise that I'm, I was kind of going through tonight, I was finding myself in these ridiculous barriers. I had had myself fixated on using these apples for one thing. Like I'm going to use them for applesauce or apple juice this year. And that'll be next year. And I've got apples on the other property. We'll turn that into apple juice in August. And I'm like, this is dumb. This is literally dumb because it's so easy to make applesauce. And for whatever reason, I drug my feet on buying a, a, a food mill, if you know what that is, because that's all you need to make great applesauce. So I bought one tonight. And I'm just looking here and just realizing, again, that when we start to look at the world in which God gives us, which is the whole principle framework of county by county, everything in our relationship to life at this point should have shifted or should be shifting. Our dependency on the church from starting with pillar number one should now move away, and most have, to where we're not dependent on the church, but we're seeking instead his face and an intimate relationship with him. And that should be pivoting towards that true relationship, the confidence in what he's giving us, and our true pursuit in, in our own study with the text to we are able to even bring some people in our home or even within our families and start to revitalize that principle of a home church that is not confined by dead stone walls or a pulpit that is telling us how to think. That's the obedience to the wrong place. And then I stepped to the next pillar, which is homeschooling. And I was like, wow, isn't this profound? Because I know so many homeschoolers now. Three years ago, I didn't. And I'm balancing this with Romans 1, 18 to 32, as God has let them go to do their abhorrent acts. Those that are listening, even if they don't know the exact seven pillars of county by county, they've been migrating this other way. So people have been moving to, as they talk about it, and you'll hear people, I was just at this baptismal I told you about last Sunday, and it was really amazing because to hear people talk, in order to live closer in the way they want to, homeschooling was a given because otherwise it was a double task of having to program a child and deprogram a child coming home. Homeschooling is the natural order of things. And that also leads to charter schools and, and community pods and other things where people of common mindset are coming together to prepare. And this was given to us three years ago, not even knowing how bad things would get in our school systems as they have become. It wasn't just COVID. It's become this transgender garbage in our schools. And here we are, having been given that three years ago. And there's that whole mindset in all of us has one way or another shifted to where we're not looking at public schools. Now we're looking at homeschools. Then there's the garden. And when we started this, I even thought of my own journey on this because three years ago, that was hard clay out there. And I was in the process of planning Bards Fest 1. So I was already doing at one point like six shows a day. And then I was doing... I don't know how I did it, and I, I don't care because I know it was the Holy Spirit that allowed me to do it, and I'm good. But in the midst of all this, of planning Bards Fest, doing six shows, and then taking this hard, hard clay, like concrete hard clay, backyard, and today to look at what's growing there, it's stunning. I mean, we our zucchinis is blowing up right now. The, the, um, the, 
the bush beans are coming up and look great. The beets are full. We got a leaf miner going on. I got to deal with that with some neem oil. But we've got that. We've got our blueberries, which I planted three years ago, are really giving a good crop this year. We've got two different types of potatoes, new potatoes and, and russets. We've got lots of tomatoes. Our kale and our chard is just exploding. We've got fava beans. So many different types of winter squash out there. And all of this onions and, and broccoli and lettuce. And I'm just sitting here going, my gosh, Lord. And sweet potatoes. Can't forget my sweet potatoes. Love my sweet potatoes. And so deeply humbled as I look at all this. And that's the true wealth of kingdom flowing through. And again, it was this push because it was such an intense, like, you need to get going. And I'm leading here, so leading to something here tonight that's important. And then I look at the right work principle, which was pretty simple to me because I've, I have only a very, very short period in my life ever worked specifically for a corporation. And then even when I was in Afghanistan, I was, I had my own way of doing things. I didn't have to, I didn't really have any rules. I just ran it like my own business. But other than that, I have owned my own businesses most of my life. So that was an easy step for me. And then I look at where we were with health and wellness. And there's this movie that's out right now that is coming out with, uh, it's out with Lee, see if I can find it. A Dr. Lee Merritt has got this film out and I'll find it here in a minute. But um, anyway, what that is, is it's a recap. It's called COVID and it's not her that has it out. It's a filmmaker that did it and it's called The End of COVID. And it's launching July 11th, so which was today. And I'm like, wow, here we are three years later. And we have moved to a place where I've just looked at the community of Bars Nation and how much wealth of knowledge there is out here in terms of learning about tinctures and learning about homeopathy and learning about growing herbs and keeping healthy and the knowledge that we've shared with daily supplements and exercise and good eating and all of these things. And looking where we were three years ago when God first put this on our heart. And then I go to informed action. And I'm looking at all the people that are engaged in their communities and, and knowing what's going on again, finally. Paying attention to the county commissions and the sheriffs and learning about their communities. And then I go to stewardship and conservation and just thinking about all the struggles that we've been through, including losing jobs and the challenges of, of having to do with re limited resources, and yet we're still here. And to a large degree, all of that is happening because the resources that we need are being provided as we need them in our faith and our loving God. I take all of that because in the three-year snapshot, it's a humbling place if we take a moment to reflect on how far we have traveled by simply leaning into something that God gave us, which, like I said earlier, it's nearly prophetic because it was a, it was a prophetic image of knowing what we needed to do. And in being obedient to that and trusting in him, we've gone places and depths that we never imagined. I've had people write me and say, I'm, whether it's chickens or, or, or whether it's 
goats or whether it's pigs. And then there's me, like, raising cows, a cattle. I never thought I'd be a cattle guy. I didn't think I'd be doing bees. All of these things we're learning and we're continuing to learn. And what's happening here is what we're not realizing in this greater thing is God's equipping us to be able to now, as we need to, either expand in our communities or come together as a mighty community. And that then leads into where he's led us with this latest commission, which is Operation Vineyard. Operation Vineyard, if you consider the magnitude of that commission, which is a county-level operation in every county in this country and then globally, it looks daunting, as it looked daunting when we had the individual tasks and commissions of following the county-by-county model. The seven pillars of county-by-county are within the home. And as I look at this and I realize that as God has allowed one group of people to live in their reprobate mind, he's given the gift for everyone else to survive boldly and brilliantly. And it goes back to that simple little experience I had today with the apple. Because that apple's not just an apple. That apple is now going to be applesauce or it's going to be apple juice next year. But it has a purpose. And we've started to value in our stewardship and conservation that everything that's put before us has purpose and intent. And nothing is by accident. Nothing is coincidental. Because as we walk in with God, that's where we are. But we could not be in a place where we can start talking about the issues and solutions of rescuing, healing, and restoring children and be, the bold, be bold enough to say we can do this when most that would be on the outside of this community would say that's foolishness. You can't take that big a task on. We say, yes, we can. Because what we've done over the last seven years is we've shown that we have already done what God's asked us to do, and it's been prosperous and it's been successful, and we continue to grow into that, knowing that the commission that we accepted, which we didn't call it that, but it literally was, a commission of the seven pillars of county by county, three years ago, have led us to a place that we know that is a life journey to continue to get better and to grow more sovereign as sovereigns of the land. We're literally living out Jeremiah 6.16, seek the ancient paths. But with seek the ancient paths also comes something important, and this is where the two come together. County by county in Operation Vineyard find a connection in Jeremiah 6.16 because at the core of those are, are, are our authorities, And in order for us to move boldly with both of those forward, one building on the other, we need the knowledge and we need the foundation of seven pillars of county by county to step into Operation Vineyard. And with that, so many things have come up. With being able to talk about creating co-op next networks where we can sell and trade goods goods among us, and we can share our excess with one another or even with supporting children in need. We start to create a support network that, as I mentioned before, when you start to see the reprobate mind world fall apart and its supply chain logistics start to crack and the things that they depend on that are manufactured by robots or this or that either constantly fail 
or they start to run into brick walls because they can't afford them. We're over here walking in that ancient path, doing things manually, more simply, more purely in alignment with God. And we're building out a resiliency built on seven pillars that will launch us into that next phase, which is incredible. And that phase, which just takes us into rescuing, healing, and restoring the children. So I just wanted to take this time tonight to reflect on some of that because I don't know that we do it enough. And it's really that statement of how great is our God. Because in the reflection of where we are, as difficult as things may seem, he has led us perfectly to where we need to be. And we had no sight three years ago. And in fairness, we don't know yet even where we will be in three years, but God already knows, and it's already reflecting in the commission that he's given us. So wherever your heart is, I would just encourage you to pray into that and, and, and thank him for where we are. And no matter how far along that scale of seven pillars of county by county you've gone, it doesn't matter. If you've even just considered it, you've walked into a space that's been given to us as a, a path to prepare for where we are now. And as we now look at this next commission and people are asking, where should I be? Give some time. We have some little bit of space. Give some time and reflect back on where you were three years ago and where you are now in respect to that seven pillars and realize that in looking at yourself, you may not have expected yourself to be where you are today. Three years ago, I did not foresee bees and cattle. I did see a robust garden, but not bees and cattle. And I didn't see many of these other things, but God knew they were going to be there. And each step of the way as we leaned in, he's opened doors that only he can open. And right now, as I spoke last night, and I will reinforce this word tonight, and this was God's word, there is a mighty door that he is opening right now. It's a profound step through for those that have the heart and literally the courage to step truly in and let everything else go, leaving behind what we were and stepping into almost like a reacceptance, if you will, a new acceptance of Christ in a much bolder way. God has opened this door. And as we step across that threshold, this is the threshold of truly walking within the body of Christ. It's profound. It will change all of us as we step and even direct and step towards it as it must, because this is the raising up of the true sons and daughters of the Most High. And all of this as, that we talk about tonight and all of this that we have been building on that we over the last three years and all of this that we're now building forward into, it all hinges around those authorities that we have to be willing to trust in Him and accept at the same time to lean into, to truly bring the God of miracles and manifest into this world. It's an amazing moment to walk. It's an amazing moment to be. So take some time, give thanks, reflect. And I think in the process of looking back, we're literally going to see more clearly forward where he wants us to be. Let's pray. Father, we're humbled and blessed, and we are 
so deeply humbled tonight as we reflect on all that you have given us for sight. At times we may not have even been able to realize that it was sight you were giving us. To take on the tasks, the seven pillars of county by county, which have given us a positioning and a strength and a, and a footing for the time in which we are in now that puts us in preparation for the next steps which you intend us to walk. And I think right there, Father, is a great reminder for us, and we say this in just the, all the praise and glory to you, that you're building these steps for us to walk into, even though we are still learning and growing in each of the steps, that nothing is over or complete. It's a process of life as we step closer and walk more deeply with Jesus, with our eyes on you, Father. Father, as we walk now forward, as this door begins to open before us, a profound door, may we have the heart to let go of the anchors and burdens, the frustrations, perhaps even the anger of what this past was. And let us now step in with the heart of Jesus. It's an opportunity now as we step into this Project Vineyard or Operation Vineyard, to realize the pathway that we've taken for three years to build our footing so that we can step into a truly loving and healing-hearted space that will demand a lot of us. It will push us to new limits of our faith, but it allows us to grow more boldly into our inheritance and to the walk as the children of the Most High. So, Father, we just pray for that tremendous flood of the Holy Spirit in each and every heart here tonight. And just that overwhelming clarity and even cleansing to let things go, to leave behind those anchors and those burdens, those frustrations, and put our eyes on you, to trust in you, to hear you and hear where you want us in this walk, in this commission. And in so doing, accept that and accept that walk no matter where it takes us as we walk boldly into one of the greatest moments in human history and the greatest commissions we could ever ask for in our lives. To rescue, to heal, and to restore. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Well, patriots, I can just say that from an outside place, of watching and getting so many communications from you and my own path, we've really taken an amazing journey here together and it will only continue and it will only get greater and it will only be more profound as we dig into Father. And as we do that, what becomes normal for us, even for those on the outside, will seem almost impossible. But that's what it is walking with the Lord. The impossible becomes possible. And our hearts never doubt. You know, whatever your dreams are, wherever God placed you on this walk in this commission, talk to him honestly. Talk about your frustrations or your fears, your hesitations or your doubts. Don't try to couch it. He knows it anyway. But open up that honest dialogue. Hear where he wants you to be. Step into that opportunity 
and then trust that he will deliver because he will. And that's the most amazing thing that we should all have a pretty good bite on at this point in time. That against all odds, against families being broken, against losing jobs, against all the impossible things, three years in, we've all made it. And we have so much farther to go. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow for Bended Knee. Until then or until the next time, God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. Oh, I want to feel something. I just want to breathe.